listening to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hey, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Like I said earlier, when I greeted you before, uh, my name is Cole. I serve on the team here, and I am... Uh, filling in for Pastor Casey this morning. He is out preaching in Orlando, Florida. Man, what a shame. Preaching at the beach. What a shame. Um, But before I get started this morning, I do want to take just a moment and honor um, our pastors, Pastor Casey and Lindsay. Um, I actually was talking with Pastor Casey this week about something uh, that was just going on in my personal life. And I can say this honestly. I have... You ever... You ever drop hints to someone that they want to, you want them to hear what you just said in hopes that they will engage you, in hopes that they will ask you about it? I I typically don't do that, and I definitely wasn't dropping a hint when I said this. I just told him, hey, stressed out about this. Uh, And we were actually at jujitsu, so that cured some of the stress, right? If you have someone choking you, um, you tend to be less stressed, or you tend to think less about what you were stressed about before. That's just how the how the cookie crumbles in there. And uh, I told Pastor Casey we had just got done rolling, and he he was trying to choke me. And I, we we had got done, and I was like, man, I am I am just so stressed about this. And he stayed with me 45 minutes after jujitsu and just sat out there and talked. That's the kind of man that Pastor Casey is. That's the kind of pastor that we have. I have seen him and Lindsay talk to people whose skulls were thick as this speaker on the stage up here. I have seen them give grace and mercy and just be faithful with with what we have here in Knoxville, and we love them for that. Pastor Casey and Lindsay, we love you. If you're watching online, we love you. Hope Unlimited, can we give it up for our pastors this morning? Praise Jesus. Well, I'm going to get into the Word this morning. Um, So if you have your Bible, go to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 25. Um, But before I get started, I want to, before I read this text, I want to kind of set some things up for you this morning. So God has been speaking to our church very clearly I would say, over the past few weeks. Um, I preached, Pastor Casey preached. Those messages, we did not talk about what we were feeling from the Lord. We did not talk about what he was going to preach, what I was going to preach. It was not orchestrated at all. It was very organic. And uh, two weeks ago, I preached a message called The Seeds Are Significant. And I talked about being faithful with just being where you're at, watering the seed doing all that good stuff, and, and, I, and if you want to go back and listen to the message, it'll be on, it's on our YouTube channel. Then Pastor Casey preached a message last week that was entitled, Trees Not Machines, and the whole premise of that message where we were to be fruitful like a tree rather than them to be productive like a machine, and I, I thought that was very cool that I preached the week before on watering the seed, and then he comes in and preached that message. Um, I have specifically uh, been just in my own personal time with the Lord hearing some things that go directly in line with that 
And I'm going to do my best to get this out um, this morning, but I, I know I told you I, I, when I preached in the message, Seeds of a Fiery Community, one of the points that I made was that you have to hear what is coming out of the voices that God has, has given the mic to, and you have to chew on those things. You have to let those things resonate within you. It can't be you just come to church and then you don't think about anything that happened there for the next week. And then you come back into church on that Sunday and you get what's happening on that Sunday and then you don't think about that. No, no. Community, fiery community is built off of stewardship. It is built off of me stewarding God's word, me stewarding community. And so... I am, I am going to preach this message this morning, and I believe it goes right in alignment with what we have been saying. And so I want you to really lean in to what God has been saying to our church. I want you to go back and listen to the YouTube videos if you can. And, and, and I want you to really lean into what God is saying because I believe that this is... You know, there's moments in churches... And we, we all have been a part of churches. There, there have been moments where things come from a stage or they come from a leadership team or whatever, and it shifts something within that body. I believe these, this series of messages, this unplanned series of messages, has the ability to shift something in us and let us see some things that we may have been praying and seeking God uh, that we would see. So Leviticus 25 Starting in verse 1, I'm going to go through verse 12, and then I'm going to skip down to verses 18 through 23. Leviticus chapter 25. The Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land that I give you, the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years you shall sow your field, and for six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its fruits. But in the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. You shall not reap what grows of itself. You should not gather the grapes of your undressed vine. It shall be a year of rest for the land. The Sabbath of the land shall provide food for you, for yourself, for your male and female slaves, for your hired workers and those who live with you, for your cattle and wild animals that are in your land, all of it, all its yield shall be your food. You shall count seven weeks of years, seven times seven years, so that the time of the seven weeks of the years shall give you 49 years, seven times seven, 49. Then you shall sound the loud trumpet on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement. You shall sound the trumpet throughout all of your land. And you shall consecrate the fifteenth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all of, its, all of its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. When each of you shall return to, to his property and each of you shall return to his clan, the fifteenth year shall be jubilee for you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of itself nor gather grapes from the undressed vine, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You may eat 
the produce of the field. Skip down to verse 18. You sh Therefore, you shall do my statutes and keep my rules and perform them. And then you will dwell. Say dwell. dwell. Say it like you mean it. Say dwell. dwell. In the land securely. The land will yield its fruit and you will eat your field and dwell in it securely. And if you say, we shall eat in the seventh year if we may not sow or gather our crop, it will com I, I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year so that you will produce crops sufficient for three years. When you sow in the eighth year, you will be eating some of the old crop and she you shall eat until the ninth year when its crop arrives. How many of you confused? Be honest. <laughs> Great, good. Um, I read all that. And I'm going to explain to you what it means. But I want you to look at your neighbor this morning. Michaela, you don't have a neighbor this morning. It's okay. I want you to look at your neighbor this morning and I want you to say, Rest. Come on, say it again. Say, Rest has its reasons. Rest has its reasons. Um, it's very important for me to explain what I just read to you because even me reading it I am confused okay it's very important for me to explain what is being communicated so Israel is on a journey to the promised land how many of you have ever heard about the promised land praise the Lord Israel's on a journey to the promised land and they're getting all of these commandments from the Lord and it's do this do that do this do that and I'll command a blessing, blah, blah, blah. But it, they get ready to go into the promised land. And this, this is in Joshua chapter 1 as well. And the Lord tells them, if you don't learn to rest, you will not inherit what I have for you. If you don't learn to rest, you can't have what I've promised you. Let me translate that a little bit further. When he was telling Israel what to do in the fields, he was saying, you're going to work for seven years, or you're going to work for six years. You're going to take the seventh year off, work completely. Amen. And everybody said amen. We're going to go to work for seven years. We're going to take the seventh one off. And he says this. He says, what you plant previously... I'm going to use that to provide for you even though you're not working. In our culture, if we went to some if somebody worked for 6 years and took the 7th one off without the without the money already, without the money that they needed to survive already, we would call them lazy. God calls them restful. In the, in the story here, we see Israel, and they're on this journey, and they're trying to figure out how to get to the promised land. And God says to them, if you don't figure out how to take your hands off of everything, and let me just do what I do, you can't have it. I think it's important to note that a lot of times people, I'm going to use this to kind of get you where we are as a church this morning. If Israel is journeying to the promised land, flowing with milk and honey, Hope Unlimited Church, we are on a journey to becoming a fiery community. Okay, 
We are that, but we are also becoming that. We are that now, and we are becoming that. And I'm telling you this morning, if we don't learn how to rest, we're going to miss it. If we don't learn how to take our hands off of things sometimes, we are going to miss it. Rest is not you being lazy. I know, listen, if there's ever been a message that I've hated preaching, it's this one. Just being real with you this morning. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to rest. I don't don't know how to take my foot off the gas pedal. But I had an encounter with the Lord Monday or Tuesday. Monday. It would have been Monday. And I'm just sharing with you where I'm at so you can get where I'm coming from. I had an encounter with the Lord Monday standing in front of a machine that I work on at work. I'm riding in the road. I'm riding down the road. And I hear... The Lord provokes me to go and and read this passage of Scripture before I get out of my truck. And I go and read the story about Elijah running from Jezebel and how he rested and the Lord provided for him. And I'm standing in front of my vending machine and the Lord spoke. If you have been a part of our huddles at all, you remember I released this word to our huddle at the beginning of the year. I said, I feel like this is going to be an expressed year of devotion to God for our church and I'm standing in front of there I was I was feeling I was filling up motor position number 14 it is a it is a medium nitrile glove (laughs) telling you I remember this I've never heard the Lord speak to me so clearly about something and he said this the most expressed version of devotion is rest said okay I don't really know what that means but great tell me what that means he spoke to me this it's because you take your hands off of it and you put it in mine and I think a lot of times in our culture what we do is is like Pastor Casey said last week we have we have culture pressing us from every side to become productive like a machine And if you're productive, like a machine, you don't have time to rest. There was a study done one time. Do you know that if you work 60, 70 hours a week, there has been an actual study done that you would get more done in 40 if you were just expecting to work 40? So there's less time. But somehow we're producing more. How does that work? Because people get tired. And their work becomes subpar. And I feel like what we've done in the church world is that we have, and and we've done this because, and we've we've bought into this, not Hope Unlimited as a whole, but, but the church world has bought into this comparison thing. And it's like, if I can just do what this church is doing, and you can't. Because you don't have enough money if you just want me to be frank with you. They have million dollar screens in their churches. They have microphones that cost more than your car. They have all the things to make it work and be productive like a machine. 
And that's why we are in the place we are in in America. And I don't mean I don't mean that politically speaking. So don't think that I'm talking about politics. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about the spiritual condition of people. We have traded. We have traded being fruitful for being productive. We have traded that. Rest is not you being lazy. Rest is you making a declaration over your mind, over your soul, and over your spirit that you are better off trusting God with the outcome. That is what rest is. And if we want to become a fiery community, yes, we have to water. Yes, we have to plant seed, but we also have to learn how to rest. We have to use what's in our hand. I think it's so important because you can, I I have been caught up in this. I just told you that I am terrible at resting. Terrible. Terrible. And so for me, all of my friends who know that I wouldn't do anything dramatic at all, I wouldn't go to extreme measures at all. I've got plans to like empty out my whole closet. Buy black t-shirts and gray shorts and just roll with it. Because I'm tired of making decisions. It's tiresome to make decisions all the time. And what I've realized is, that's just, that's just a funny thing about myself. But what I've realized is, is that that is, like you get what, some of you said, yes, I feel that. And it's because we are so busy tending to things that really don't matter. Nobody cares what you wear. Just wear something, right? Nobody really cares what you wear. I used to uh, be around some people all the time that we would go to malls and stuff, and they would go and look at shoes that they couldn't buy. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, this is a colossal waste of everybody's time. None of y'all here have the money to buy these shoes. Like $400 shoes, and they make like $4 an hour to take out the trash. Right? Parents give them allowance. But we have, we have become so, well, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to impress these people, and I've got to impress those people. And I'm telling you that that's going to cause you to end up exhausted. And in the church world, we have, we have taken on that responsibility in the church world. It's like, if the lights aren't right, and I'm guilty of this more than anybody in this room, just so you know, I'm, I am guilty of this. I love when everything just looks clean. When everything isn't perfect about our Sunday morning worship experience. I know people who obsess over that stuff and they are literally depressed. If everything isn't right, if everything isn't in its place, if everything isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing, we will miss fiery community because we have traded it for just being productive. We have traded. I'm telling you, we are in the process of trading what God wants to give us if we don't learn how to rest. Rest is essential. It is essential. You can't live this life without resting. You just can't do it. 
And to be honest with you, we live in a culture that tells you to care about things that don't matter. They don't matter at all. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I was talking to one of my mentors about this. He was like, well, what does your promised land look like? He's like, that's a good question. And I got to thinking about it, and I was like, man, I just want to love my wife. And I want to see my kids burn for Jesus. And then he told me, he's like, you can have that. But you can't have this performance, production, perfection thing as well. Or you're going to run yourself into the ground. And I got to thinking about that, and I was thinking, we have traded raising up people in the presence of God for being productive like a machine in the church. And so when things start going wrong, they don't know how to seek God for themselves. They don't know how. Even, they literally don't know how. I've had people tell me, I don't know how. That you would think know how. And they don't know how. And it's because we don't take long enough just to be still, just to get quiet, just to get into the presence of God and have Him do something down on the inside of us that is life-changing. Some of you in this room don't know how to get in the presence of God like we were in this worship service this morning. And that's the greatest failure of the church ever. The only time that you're, is, you're in the presence of God like we were this morning is when you come here. And it's because the church has led you to do that. They haven't shown you how to get on your face and just seek God. They haven't shown you how to just come away when you hear the prick of the Holy Ghost. They haven't shown you how to do that. We haven't shown you how to really seek God. We've created employees like production manufacturers. So just come in and do this and do this and do this and people would come. And I'm telling you, they won't come to the church that's not doing it the best. They will come, people will come here because they need a touch from God. There are people in this, in this region, in Knoxville, Tennessee, that will continue to go to the church that makes them happy. That's fine. We're not after those people. I was looking this morning. I was in the office area before uh, they started rehearsing this morning. And I was thinking about our, um, we had a church consultant come in and he did a lot of good things for us. And he, he mapped out the two people that we would most likely reach in Knoxville. He's right. He's right. We would reach, there, there's a group of people that are upper middle class. That's who live in Knoxville. And then there's a group of people called the nuns. And both of them are equally as broken. Both, both of them are equally as broken. And we've created church to cater to one of them. And we overlook the rest of them. So I don't care if our church is full of a bunch of people who didn't believe in Jesus three months ago. I don't care if our church is full of a bunch of people who are currently atheists. I don't care if our church is full of a bunch of people who say, well, they don't really have the money to fund your stuff. I'm not asking them to fund our stuff. I'm asking God to provide. 
He's richer than they are. And he's richer than the people in your church. And we've traded fiery community, the call to the church in the book of Acts for just being productive and in production oriented like a machine. And I'm telling you, I can't do it anymore. I don't have a desire to do it anymore. I've texted all my friends and like, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm stressed. Nobody cares anyway. And there's an element of this that I do still care about. Right? But I'm not obsessing over it. Like I used to. And if, and if the lights are not right, and if everything doesn't look okay, and if everything doesn't sound right, if you don't like that, that's fine. We're going to do our best to make sure all of that's in place. But if it goes wrong, you can still have an encounter with God. Okay? If you're in here and you think that that limits you from having an encounter with God, then you're worshiping the lights and the production anyway. If all that has to be in place for you to see, you know what our student nights are going to look like from now? We're going to be in the lobby. With Jansen and somebody else on the keys and guitar. Because I don't care about this. This doesn't do anything. This doesn't produce fruit in your life. This doesn't make you love your wife better. This doesn't make you want to raise your kids in the presence of God. This lights up the stage so you can see us. And I like the movers. <laughs> I'm not getting rid of those. I'm a nerd about all this stuff, so you know. This is why this message is so hard for me to preach. It's because I want everything to be so perfect. Ecclesiastes says this. Ecclesiastes says there's one man who folds his hands. And there's another man that grasps for control. And both of them are equally as toxic. The proverb says this, it's better to have two empty fists and an open hand than to have control of the wind. And I have a deep issue with wanting to control everything. If you know me at all, when things start spiraling out of control, I'm confident that I can control it. God doesn't want me to control it. God doesn't want you to control areas of your life that you can't handle. And so we work for six years and God tells us to take a break for a whole year. If God tells you to take a break, it's because rest has its reasons. And you may not understand all of those reasons, but I think I have two reasons for rest this morning. And I'm... You don't want to see my notes in relation to the sermon, okay? I'm just going to cut the iPad off at this point. It's off now. Rest has two reasons. Number one is to create dependency. 
It's to create dependency. Because when you have your hands in all of it, you think you are the person who makes it go round. When you're working and pulling fruit out of the ground, you think that you're the source of where your blessing is coming from. And you're not. And the reason why God tells them to rest is so that they will understand that. He tells them, take your hands off of it and I'm going to give you more fruit. And if you ever get to the place where you think that you can do it better than me, then you'll be out of the promised land. And that's exactly what happened. They got to the place where they wouldn't rest. They got to the place where you are dependent upon everybody else and upon your effort and getting in your prayer time and and filling yourself with knowledge. You know the Lord, I haven't read a book in two weeks. It's a miracle. Okay. Any of you that know me know that that is a miracle from God. Yeah, I haven't read a book in two weeks. But I have spent time in the presence of Jesus that would make me never pick up a book again. And even though that I will pick up a book again, I wouldn't trade that for what I've had in the past two weeks. I've learned to lay things down that make me, me. Are you, ri- are you willing to lay things down that even everybody knows you for? Because we can get it done. If you want something done, we can get it done. I've got like three people within like a 10-foot radius, Brandon, Emily, myself. We can get whatever you want in the church done. We can get whatever you want done in our lives every day. We can go get it done. Not hard. Give us a budget. We'll get it done. I work with Brandon. One of the hardest working people I've ever worked with. Me and Emily have enough vision for what we would like God to do that requires a budget that's unlimited. Wes too. Me and Wes always take pride in submitting the biggest budget. Who can submit more dollar bills? We want to do things. And I've even stopped doing that. I've I've laid down me. Because rest creates a dependency that you have to have. If you, if you are always dependent upon yourself to accomplish everything that you want to go right in your life, you are missing a more fruitful way. You are missing living in the place. You know the Bible says here in Leviticus that he created the promised land, a place of rest and jubilee for them to live securely in. And a lot of times we don't live securely because we aren't resting. 
they would have lived securely in the promised land forever if they would have just rested. Stop doing things that don't matter. Scratch your schedule. Right? Get a hold of your schedule. Get a hold of your time. T.D. Jake says this. He says, you can take my money, but you can't take my time. Because there's nothing more valuable than time. He also says this. Rest is when you depend on a limitless God to meet your limited capability. What if I told you that you would be more fruitful if you just stopped? You may not be more productive, but you'll be more fruitful. And in fiery communities, I have seen fiery communities. You don't have a bunch of productive people, which drives me up the wall. Because I am by nature productive. I like to think that I am anyway. Productive is relative. There are people who are more productive than me. I like to think that I'm productive. And when, when I am in, in places where people are not doing anything and they're not worried about everything that's going on, I'm like, what are y'all doing? And maybe they have something that I don't. Maybe if we, maybe if we worry and we stress and we put ourselves, we dig ourselves in a hole because culture has told us to live our lives one way instead of the way that God has instructed us to live our lives. Hebrews 4 says, from a place of rest. Maybe we're not as fruitful as we think. Maybe we're not the book of Acts. Maybe we're not devoting ourselves to prayer and each other and the Word and community. Maybe we're not that. Maybe we're all of that. Maybe we're not. Where I see us, not as Hope Unlimited, not our, not our church, some of you in here, me and some of you, a lot of times what happens is, is that gets added as a cool accessory on the end of your already busy schedule. God is some of that way for some of you. He's just a cool accessory. He's just a cool, like, part of you. And I'm telling you that, that that's not following Jesus. God is not an accessory to your already good life. He is an all-consuming fire that burns within you and burns everything out that is not what He asked you to do or who He asked you to become. He's an all-consuming fire. It, rest creates dependency. It, it creates dependency on God for Him to be fruitful. And like I preached two weeks ago, we have obsessed over God's job 
When I preach, one man plants, one man waters, and another man brings the increase. We think it's our job to bring all the increase to our lives. Because we've, told to be, we've been told to be productive like a machine instead of fruitful like a tree. And I'm telling you, you will be more fruitful if you learn to, what, if you learn to rest. Rest creates expectation. It creates expectation. When you rest and you trust God to do what He said He will do, you expect Him to do it. You expect Him to show up. You expect Him to come to you when things are falling out of place. Because you've said, God, it is, it is not good for me to have this anymore. I'm giving it away. I'm laying it down. And, some, and you know what that looks like for us practically? I said this earlier. It looks like practically you, you not attending so many events. It looks like practically you telling people you can't get coffee today. It looks like you just going home. Just go home. Some of y'all need to go home for a while. Y'all spend too much money. Go home. You'll stop spending it. There ain't no stores at your house. Cut your cell phone off. Because Amazon. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You need to stay busy. <laughs> Go cut the grass. Okay? Rest, it creates expectation. I got in this place this past week of like, how am I supposed to get God to move, right? Because we, we teach in Pentecostal churches that you make God move for some reason. You don't. You don't. What, what we did is we wanted our worship services to look more passionate, so we told people that. And we wanted our worship services, we wanted people to be like, oh my Lord. We are fiery. We are passionate. We are going after God. Your whole life's dysfunctional, though. You can't pay your bills. You go after God. You can't pay your bills. You can go after God, but you can't love your family. You can run laps around auditoriums, but I can't ask you how to tie your shoe. That's not functional. That is not the better way. The dependency and the expectation, I'm depending on God to move and I expect Him to. Think, I think a lot of times that we, we equate, like I said earlier, rest to laziness. Rest is not you being lazy. Rest is you getting everything in its proper position. And all of it gets trashed when it comes to Jesus. You don't know how to seek God because you've been taught to seek everything else. We don't know how to seek God in our churches in America because, because we are busy seeking everything else. I know people, I know people who will text in a group text this weekend... How many people did you have in church this weekend? Number. 
a little bit more or less than it was last week. It's not did God move. It's not did anybody get set free. It's not, it's not did somebody who's in depression, it's not they walked out full of joy. It's not somebody who was cutting themselves through the razors down in the altar. It's not, somebody who was, it's not somebody who was on drugs, got set free in a moment. It's not somebody who's full of anxiety, full of peace now. It's not those things. It is the same thing that corporations send back and forth to each other. Numbers. Numbers. We've obsessed over numbers. And I believe numbers are important to an extent. They are not our obsession. What if... What if the presence of God was actually the thing that grew your church? We, we are in a storefront. Let me, let, me, let me work this up for you real quick. We are in a storefront. We have cool lights. We do things really well here. It will not be what grows this church. There's bigger buildings all over Knoxville with more seats, with better mics, with better sound systems. Not a better preacher, though. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure on that one. I've listened to them. They are not better than Pastor Casey. And they are not better than our worship team. <laughs> they have better equipment. The ACs turned down just right. Some of them are sponsored by Honeybee. Their coffee's better. They have all of this stuff to get you in the door so they can hire more staff Nothing's wrong with hiring more staff. But it should be to lead people into a place of consistent devotion with people. What if you're, like, I've, I've thought about this before. What if the only way that in our modern church culture that we started hiring people on church staff is if, is if they have led people into encounters with God before? You would have worship teams and creative teams with no employees. You would, have, you would have some pastoral staff empty. We don't want to be that, man. We don't want to be that. We don't want to be that church. Of course I want you to feel good when you walk in. I want you to have an encounter with God like you've never had before. I want you to have a touch from heaven on you when you walk out of this place. I want you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We've had people get baptized in the Holy Ghost at this church working the sound computer back there. And in some places, that would hinder our production. It'll also hinder their life if it doesn't happen. Because we worried more about being productive and growing instead of making disciples instead of getting in the midst of people's mess instead of being actually fruitful I don't care I have, I have unfollowed so many people on Instagram this week that it would make you kind of scared I didn't unfollow anybody that goes to this church so don't don't go look this afternoon I've just unfollowed all the people that I know are making posts to impress other people about their church and about their life. I don't care. I do not care. 
Are you teaching people to follow Jesus? Are you teaching people to go and get in the secret place with God and come out full of faith? And if you're doing all of this at your church currently, that's awesome. Keep doing it. I'm telling you that we ain't going to do it. According to Pastor Casey. I don't get to call the shots. He does. I just get to echo the shots. <laughs> but we've got to learn how to rest if we ever want to live in fiery community. I'm telling you, if we learn how to rest, there will be kids that are over in our kids' department today leading worship on our stage one day. There will be kids who are in this church that grow up in the presence of God and never know what it's like to not live in the promised land. There'll be people that we can raise up in this church, in this community, that burn in the Holy Ghost and we can leave this place better than we found it. Can I give you just a little secret? that you may not be able to see yet. Emily will not always for the rest of time be the worship pastor here. That doesn't mean she's leaving. Pastor Casey will not always be the pastor here. I will not always be the student pastor here. The people you see playing up here will not always be playing here. And the way that we can secure that this place is a fiery community where people can come and get a touch from the presence of God is that we learn how to rest. We learn how to be dependent and we learn how to expect Him to come when we meet together. We take our hands off of everything and we say, Jesus, you can do whatever you want to do. And that doesn't mean that we fold our arms and we stand back and do nothing. Actually, you know what, I think it's cool in Hebrews chapter 4, I think it's verse 11. It says this, may we strive to enter rest. May we strive to enter rest. Want to talk about a contradiction. May we strive to enter the place of rest. If we do this out of the overflow of our own walks with God, it won't feel like a production. I cut my notes off on my iPad. I haven't done that in eight years of preaching. This sermon's probably terrible. But there's something inside of me that has just been gripped by the Holy Ghost just to slow down. And I'm telling you, if you will let Him, if you will hear the whisper of the Holy Ghost just to come away, you won't have a choice but to slow down. You won't have a choice but to slow down. Or you'll trade that for just being productive. I trust God to do 
what he has always been faithful to do. The church doesn't rise and fall on me. It doesn't rise and fall on Pastor Casey. It doesn't rise and fall on Emily. It doesn't rise and fall on Dougie. Love you, Dougie. It doesn't rise and fall on Brandon. It doesn't rise and fall on anybody but God. And we have obsessed over God's job. And we have tried to carry weight that only God can carry. And we have a bunch of broken people because they've carried weight that they're not supposed to be carrying in the first place. You have a bunch of tired people because they're carrying loads that God never asked them to carry. I have friends that work at churches like this. They're always doing something. Always. I've worked and been a part of churches that always feel like they have to be doing something. And you don't. And it's not you being lazy. And it's not you not caring. The greatest thing that we can do is love God and each other. And when we start making that complicated, we've missed it somewhere. It's not hard to do those two things. The greatest thing that I can do as a student pastor here at this church is show the students of this church and the people of this church that I love my wife and I love my kid. Because one day, they're going to want to know what to do and what's next and all this stuff. And if you just do those things right, when you get ready to go one day, you won't be worried about all this crap. You won't. You won't be worried about filling every... You won't be worried about filling the planning center sheet. You won't be worried about doing all the stuff that culture tells you that you have to do to be relevant. Right? You're you're fine the way that you are. You don't have to impress anybody. When you understand that you have already impressed God, that need will fade away anyway. And He's impressed with you doing nothing. And loves you doing nothing. You don't have to do anything to please God. God's pleased. And we have have created a culture that says, if you just go, and if you just develop more leaders, and if you just do this, and if you just do that, and if you just do this and do that, and a part of that's good, and a part of that is not good. If you're doing that from a place of rest, that's fine. If you're doing that to impress the next church guy or the next leadership coach, I would even classify it as demonic. Because you've said, I can do this better than God. You've said, I can, I can still steward this fiery community that we're trying to create and do all this stuff, and I can do all this other stuff too which some people can. 
But what if we just created a community here where we didn't have to worry about if anybody was seeking God? What if we just created a community here where people could actually come and get healed? When they have something wrong with their body, they could actually come and feel heaven on earth. What if, we, what if we were devoted and committed to creating that environment and that atmosphere as much as we were being cute? Or we can forfeit that for looking cool on Instagram. I don't want to be in a church where people are just like, mm, well, just tiptoe through the tulips. Let everybody just come and worship God and then we go home. No, I want to hear about your stories of God waking you up in the middle of the night, burning in the Holy Ghost on the way to work. God spoke this to me. That word that was preached last week, man, it just done something to me. I want to hear the stories of people coming in here with depression and not having depression anymore. I want to hear the stories of people coming to our church for years to come. I want to hear those stories that build your faith. I want to see people get up out of wheelchairs. I want to see people throw off casts and crutches and all the rest of the stuff. But I'm telling you, if we're committed to being productive like a machine, it will not happen. Let me tell you how I know. Because it doesn't happen in the churches that are. Ever. Because they, they have forfeited hearing His whisper. To perfection. And I am not going to do that. I can't. I didn't have an encounter with God when I was 17 to forfeit that. I know there's some people in this room that you've had encounters with God and they have set you free on a level that you're just like, man, I, I've got to have this for the rest of my life. I've got to do this right here for the rest of my life. And if I feel like that I have been, if I feel like that I've had an encounter with God one time, I've had an encounter with God this week, and I really feel like down in my, in the fiber of my being and who I am, that I am just supposed to tell you that God will do His part. You just need the rest. You can come get on the keys. God's going to do His part. God's going to show Himself faithful. They started singing that song this morning about God being faithful and I'm just over there crying. Because so many times I've depended on me just to get it done. Because I can do it. Israel could have worked in the field in the seventh year. They worked for the past six Israel could have done what they had done for the past six years. And they would have missed the faithfulness of God to keep them securely in the place that He was trying to lead them. You can stand to your feet.
just feel like that there's a grace this morning for us to just rest in the presence of the Lord and this be where your life stays you don't have to leave from this place of rest we don't have to have it all together I don't know who I need I don't know who needs to hear that this morning you don't have to have everything right you don't have to have everything in place everything doesn't have to be perfect know me at all, you know that that is incredibly hard for me to say. Because I am a perfectionist by nature. I cut my grass yesterday. Y'all know the little blade. My weed eater died. I have an electric weed eater. Don't make fun of me. And there was grass that I missed. I'm weed eating and the, and the thing goes off and I was just like man I'm going to have to come back out and finish weed eating and the Lord spoke to me and said no you don't you can go hang out with Beckham you can go to sleep if you want to you can go watch the basketball game Everything doesn't have to be perfect. We can't trade perfection for presence. We can't not trade it for that. We can't trade presence for perfection. We can't trade stewarding the atmosphere of our homes to be just, man, electric when you walk in, full of peace for perfection. Some of you need to go home today and not take out the trash or wash dishes. You just need to sit on the couch. Grace, Isabel, I saw y'all smile when I did that. You do what your dad tells you to do, okay? not permission for parental disobedience what I just said if your mom or dad tells you to wash the dishes get in there with the dawn okay get them dishes washed but some of us our lives are so crazy and we feel like we have to put it all together and I'm telling you this morning you don't you don't have to appear successful those of you coming over to my house this afternoon, I'm not weed-eating the front left corner of my lawn. I just feel that there's a grace in this room for anxiety to fall off of people who's felt like that they had to live up to everything that everybody else set for them. You don't have to live up to any expectation that somebody else set for you. That's the fear of man 
that's you having fear of letting all the other people down that you feel some weird need to impress. Nobody cares. God doesn't care. And I'm only interested in caring about the things that He cares about. So I just want us to lift our hands to Jesus this morning. Lord, would you just give us a grace to live presence-filled lives. Would you give us a grace to lay aside a life that is full of production but not full of presence. talking about. You hear a mic feeding back, it's not that big of a deal. Just sing the song. word for somebody in the house this morning I feel like the way that you deal 
with life is either you try to control it or you try to escape from it. And if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand right where you're at. I feel a need to pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you right now that the need for control and the need to escape is breaking off of people right now in Jesus' name. Anxiety is breaking off of people in Jesus' name. They don't have to control their situation. They don't have to escape their situation. They can be open-handed and just give it to Jesus. Just give it to the Lord. You don't have to escape. You don't have to control. You don't have to escape and you don't have to control it. You can open your hands and just give it to Jesus. I just see a beautiful picture of peace. I see people in this room having encounters with the Lord. I read in this book one time called Being Disciples. You guys can bring it down. It's called Being Disciples, and uh, Rowan Williams wrote the book, and he says this. He says, prayer and seeking God for me is like bird watching. It seems like a colossal waste of time until he shows up. It seems like that I am wasting my time until he shows up. And I feel like the Lord's going to have some people in this room learn how to linger in his presence. You're going to learn how to just, oh man, I don't really know if I'm going to stay here much longer. And I'm telling you, just, just to wait. Just wait a minute. Don't change the playlist in your car so fast. Sometimes I know that you can put on the worship music and it's just like his presence rushes in like a flood. And sometimes you have the worship music on and it feels like you might as well not have anything on. I see people riding down the road in cars that are just listening to worship music and him just showing up. It's going to be like bird watching. Having an encounter with the Lord for you is going to be like bird watching. There's going to be a grace to stay long enough to see what you come there to see and that is the face of Jesus eyes like fire hair like wool Lord I pray that we become a people this morning who learn and know the presence of God like nothing else like nothing else we're going to know the presence of God at Hope Unlimited we're going to raise our children in the presence of God Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.